0: How many of you want some more of that good weird? Jacob was talking about it was a good weird, and then Levi had good weird leaking out of his eyes, and and so if you want to just go further into the realm of good weird, um, this is what the Lord said to me when I was asking Him, Lord, what do you want to do tonight in this service? And the the thing that He kept saying to me was, I want to reveal myself to the people. Okay, well, how do you want to do that, Lord? Well, I want them to know how much I love them. So, God is love. I'm going to have good weird sneaking out of me too yet. But did you hear, when I just said those two phrases, how that, did you sense how the anointing in this room just went? Listen, if, if you're here tonight, and you're not sure if God is good, or you're not sure if God loves you, Maybe you have mental assent to, yeah, I know God is love and God loves us, but it really doesn't, I don't know it in here. I, I don't necessarily feel it. I'm not sure that He loves me. Maybe you're looking at um, all the areas in your past where you've failed and messed up and, and places where you're unlovable. See, when we look at our own unlovable areas and we realize that, yeah, sometimes I am unlovable, but that's not how God sees you. God sees you as as precious as Jesus Christ. That's the value that you carry in his eyes. Jesus paid for you with his life and with his blood. So Jesus considers you to be as valuable as himself. Actually more valuable because he gave up himself for you. I have some scriptures for you. And then we're going to um, give the Lord an opportunity to do some things in Psalms uh, 145 in verse nine. Now I'm going to go through a bunch of scriptures very quickly. We're going to put them up on the screen so that you can see them if you don't. So you don't have to take the time to turn to all of these. In fact, what I would like to do, so we're all in the same translation, if you just would look up at the screen, let's read these together, okay? You know, you're the best preacher that you'll ever hear. You're the best preacher that you will ever listen to. Pastor, what do you mean? The sound of your voice saying the words that you need to hear are the best thing that you can hear. You know, every sermon that I've ever preached has impacted me more than it's impacted you. Why would I say that? Because when I say it, I'm also hearing it just like you, and it is getting ingrained on my heart. That's the power of speaking things out of our mouth, is that it's, it's getting ingrained into our heart. And so let's tonight, let's be our own preachers and let's read the word and allow the word of God, the logos of God to come into you and become Remo on the inside of you. Well, what are those churchy phrases? It just means the written word, allow it to become alive on the inside of you. Okay? And become personal. Become personal. All right, let's read this. Just read with me. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. Did you know the Lord is good to all? Yeah, even that guy. Even the Build Back Better guys. The Lord is good to all. And He has compassion on all He has made. Look at your neighbor and say, The Lord is good to you. Now look at yourself and say, The Lord is good to me. Alright, let's look at Psalm 25.8. And we'll read this together. Let's go. Good and upright is the Lord. Let's read it again. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, He instructs sinners in His way. Paraphrase of that verse is this. God is so good that He even leads and instructs sinners in the way they should go. God is so good that His enemies, He instructs them in the way they should go. Remember, Jesus was crucified for His enemies. His enemies, not people. He wasn't having warm, fuzzy feelings for them. He made a choice to agape love them. means unconditional love for them. And He'll even instruct the sinner. Let's look at Psalms 119, 68. It says, You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. You are good, and what you do is good. Good. someone say God is good. God is good Psalms 34 verse 8 taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the one who takes refuge in him taste and see that the Lord is good to me and I know that's not the great tune but it's a joyful noise Taste and see. Did you know that you can taste and you can see that God is good? That God is good. Not bad. There's no shadow of bad in Him. Someone say, God is good. good. Alright, let's look at Psalms... Where were we? We're in 34. Let's go to 86.5. You, Lord, are forgiving and good. Abounding in love to all who call to you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good. Forgiving. Forgiving. ha Who needs that? Forgiving. Just the fact that he would forgive us after the umpteen hundredth time shows his goodness, his abounding love. That's overflow, super abounding love to all who call to you. Let's look at verse 15 of Psalm 86. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Slow to anger. How many of you have ever been pretty sure that you've upset the Lord and made him angry? You know, he's slow to anger. Praise the Lord. Slow to anger. Abounding in love. I mean, how do you describe abounding? Just overflowing, more than enough. It's more than what's reasonable in love and faithfulness. He is faithful. He is compassionate. He is good. Let's look at Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Don't you dare think that you, your generation, is somehow exempt. For the Lord is good, His love endures forever. Forever, forever, forever. That means in 800,000 years from now, it hasn't, it's just begun. Forever. Kevin, you can't wear out his love. Forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Say, his faithfulness continues through my generation and through my children's generations and all generations. Exodus 34, verse 6. Now this is where Moses is up on the mountain, and the Lord has come down. He looks like the top of the mountains on fire, and there's smoke, there's fire. Moses is up in the midst of this, and he's having a conversation with God, and he says, Lord, show me all your goodness. <laughs> all his goodness? So... This is what ends up happening. He he hid Moses in, in a rock and he covered him so that because God is so good, Moses in his humanity couldn't have witnessed all of it. He would have just came apart at the seams. And so here it says, and he and he passed, you can read with me, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. This is what the Lord walks in front of Moses, passes in front of him, and describes himself this way. I am, I am the Lord. I'm compassionate. How many of you need compassion? Right? I am compassionate. I, and, and gracious. Gracious God. Slow to anger. Abounding in love and faithfulness. There's nothing you can do to put yourself out of reach of that. Now you can disconnect from it, but it's still available to you. So look at Nahum, Nahum chapter one, verse seven. The Lord is good; a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him how many of you trust in him yeah you better i mean the alternative is to do it on your own right but if you trust in him he is a refuge in times of trouble how come is the lord a refuge in times of trouble someone because he is good because he is good he is a good god and the lord is good a refuge a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him. Let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of you probably have this hanging on your wall at home. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This verse is extraordinarily powerful because... He is saying this to an unregenerated people. He is saying this to a people that have walked away from Him. He is saying this to a people that do not have the ability to be born again and have the Spirit of God live on the inside of them like you and I do. You know, you and I are God's children. His DNA, His family, they were not. They were His chosen people, but they weren't His family. You and I are family, so for the Lord to say that to you and I is one thing. But for Him to say it to someone that's not His child yet, and say, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to hurt you, plans to give you hope in a future. Because see, some people will come and they'll say, oh, well, this scripture was for them back then, it's not for us today. That's not my God. I'm His child, and if He would do this for strangers, because that's how they were treating Him, then He'll do it for me, His flesh and blood. A future. Let's look at Lamentations. Did you know the book of Lamentations can have something good in it? 3.25 The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, listen, you cannot live good enough, you cannot do enough good works, you cannot be spiritual enough. Your hope has to be in the blood of Jesus Christ and that it is enough. That doesn't mean you go out and live in sin, do not hear me wrong. However, the blood of Jesus is greater than. Is greater than your sin, than your past, than all your mistakes in the past. It is greater. Greater. And the Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. You say, Well, I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't done all these horrible things. I haven't. I don't work for Disney. (laughs) You know what? The blood of Jesus is more than a match for any of that. All right? Now, you, we, are, we forsake sin, right? You take sin, you put it under the blood of Jesus, and you forsake it. And you, go, you walk right. However, do not think that you somehow earn His goodness. No, it's because He's good. Trust in His goodness. Psalms 31, 19. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. Abundant good things that the Lord has put in a silo for you. I mean, a storehouse. He's stored them up more than you have room to receive. More than you have ability to take possession of. But He's got it there stacked up for you. Good things for those who fear Him. And He'll do it in the sight of everyone. He'll do it for all to see. And those who take refuge in Him. Let's look at Acts 10.38. Now this is, is Peter is preaching here. And we catch him mid-sentence. So let's just start mid-sentence here in verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how He went around doing good. And healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. He did good because he was the express image and action of God in heaven on the earth. He was the revealed will and character of God. The Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. But both together show God and his character and who he is. He anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. Can you and I be anointed by the Holy Spirit? Yes. And with power. And we can go around doing good because we have a good, good Father. And we are to be like Him, is what Scripture says. Imitate. Be like God, is what Scripture tells us. So that means we're going to do good. Do good. And the power of the devil has nothing on you. Romans 5 verse 8. Here's one of those but God scriptures. Problem, but God, right? All right, let's read it. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not a one of us deserved it. None of us deserve it. Listen to these words. Paul asked the question. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? All right, let's say that. If God be for me, who can be against me? Now, we could make a long list, but he's implying successfully. Who can be against me successfully? Because we can make an endless list of those that are against you, right? Right? Starting with the devil. He goes on he says this. He, God, did not spare His own Son, Jesus. He gave Him up for us all. How will He not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? Someone say, God is not my problem. problem. He has already given Jesus for you. And, and now He's saying, how will He not give everything for you? Nothing held back. He's not withholding your healing. He's not withholding your miracle. He's not withholding any good thing from you. In fact, in James it says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And in Him there is no shadow or variation cast by turning. There's not even the hint of a shadow that He might turn from being good. He is a good God. Now you and I both know that we live in a fallen world where we encounter trouble. And and the Psalms tells us, Jesus told us we're going to encounter trouble. But who delivers us from them all? Right? Jesus, the Father. So he goes on, Paul makes this statement. After saying that mouthful of, he's going to graciously, he'll give us all. He already gave Jesus, so why would he withhold any other good thing from us? he asks the question, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is God who justifies you. It is God who, who goes to bat for you. It is God who argues your cause. And then he asks this question, he says, who then is the one who condemns? Not God. It's not Jesus. He's the one who justifies. There's no one. I love it. He calls the devil a no one. I mean, how do you get a bigger slam than that? Who condemns? No one. He says, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for you and for me. Interceding. He is sitting at the right hand of daddy and he said, hey dad, you know, this one's mine. I paid the price for him. He belongs to us. He's one of us. I went to hell and suffered for him or her. I paid the penalty for their royal mess ups. I paid the cost. The bill is paid. They're ours. They're ours, Lord. They're us. They're one of us. And so Paul begins to ask questions. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Or hardship? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or danger? Or sword? Or Disney? Or the Democrats? Or COVID? Come on, all the things we face today, we can put right into this list. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Can these things? Paul makes this statement. He says, I am convinced. How many convinced people do we have in here? Convinced. That means you're in faith. You believe it. Convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future. I just point out here, he doesn't name the past. Because you can allow your past to be your future and your reality. But He made provision for the past by the blood of Jesus. So put it there. Leave it there. So now all you've got left from this moment forward is present and future. My past is Jesus' past. When I stand before God and God looks at me, He sees my past, the actions of Jesus. His righteousness was attributed to me. That's Who God is. That's how good He is. Because see, when Jesus took on my sin and stood at judgment and had to pay for it in hell, when God looked at Him, He saw my sin. It says He became sin. It doesn't say He committed sin. He became it. So He looked at every time I'd lied or cheated or or whatever wrong thing I'd done, right? Whatever wrong thing you'd done. He looked at Jesus and saw those things. It's why Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he hung there on the cross. Because he and the Father were separated and he paid the penalty. He paid the price in full. In full. In full. There's no bill left to pay. All you have to do is say, it's mine, I receive it. I believe it, I receive it, it belongs to me. Paul said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's in Christ Jesus, the love of God. I've taught on this before, but it keeps coming up for me that someone's having resistance with the whole Jesus going to hell thing. So let me just um, show you where you can find it. In Acts chapter 2, where Peter is preaching to the people, and he quotes from the Old Testament, and he talks about how that he would not leave Jesus in hell. And he said he ended. God resurrected him and ended the pains of death. The pains of death. The pain of physical death ends when you die. There's no more pain of physical death. But spiritual death, pain continues on. That's why when God resurrected Jesus from the dead, and when He brought Him up out of hell, that He ended the pains of death. All right, And so, the penalty for sin, you and I both know is hell. So the only way that Jesus could pay the price for you and I, in full, is to go pay the penalty. And because he was righteous and had never, ever, ever sinned, it only took a moment of him being there to pay the price. That's why he's not still there. But God resurrected him, and so now he came back, he took his blood, he applied it to the mercy seat in heaven, and the blood is still on the mercy seat. And I don't care what you've done, how many times you think you've blown it, or how unlovable you are, that blood on the mercy seat completely eliminates that past. And what you have before you is something that cannot separate you from the love of God. When you are convicted of sin, when you realize that I've missed it once again, be quick, run to the Lord. He's not your problem. He's there to help you, to give you grace. In Romans it says we stand in this grace by faith. All right, So we take a step into the ability to walk and to live right, but run to the Father and allow the cleansing blood of Jesus to cleanse your conscience that there's no condemnation, that you can stand boldly before the Lord, having missed it this morning and getting your answer to prayer this evening. He doesn't discriminate is what the Word says. And if you love Him, how many verses did we read that He's good, that He's faithful, that He's, he's compassionate to all generations? Look, the Lord said He wants to, to reveal Himself. He want, how, how did He do it to Moses? He came announcing that I'm good, I'm compassionate, I'm slow to anger. Well, God's not mad at you. If you're here tonight and you think maybe the Lord's upset at me, He's not. He's slow to anger with you. He's quick to forgive. Every morning, His mercies are new. None of you have worn out His mercies in a day's time. You know what Jesus, the Son of God, said to mere man? Oh, you guys should forgive each other seventy times seven in a day. I'm like, has anyone ever sinned against you that many times in one day? No. But let's say they had. The time beyond that now. Now you're justified to hang on to that one. That's ridiculous, right? He made it such a big number that no one's going to get there in a day is the point. But if God, the creator of the universe, would have say that to man, How much more is He that way? See, He was trying to get a point across. So you and I haven't run out of His mercy. We haven't gone beyond where His blood can go. We haven't stepped out of Him being able to reach you. If you're here with us tonight, you've you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. You've never applied the blood of Jesus to your life. It's really easy to do. Romans tells us that this is how you do it. You believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. So you have to believe that, okay? And that He lives. That He was crucified for you. That He paid the price for you. And then you need to confess with your mouth that He's, he's my Lord. He's Lord of me, of my life. I lay myself down and I yield to Him. That's how simple stepping into the kingdom of light is. And so if you've never done that, you can do that right now. If you haven't done that and you would like to stand up, we'll just pray with you and we'll help you. If everybody here has already made that step, then let's do this. How many of you would like to experience a greater revelation of God's love for you personally? Okay. If you would like that, I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you do not want to experience that, do not stand up. All right? If for some reason you can't stand up, stand up on the inside. Okay? If you're holding a little one, you can't stand up. Or, or for other reasons you can't stand, it's okay. Don't worry about what people around you think. This is between you and God. And I'm going to pray, and He's going to touch you. He's going to encounter you. And you're going to have revelation and understanding is going to come to light on the inside of you of His love, of His faithfulness, of His mercy that He has for you. Father, I ask You, we present ourselves here to You and You said You wanted to reveal Yourself to us, so here we are, Lord. I ask You to Do what You said. Reveal to us of Your love, of Your character, of Your faithfulness. Even right now on the inside of each one of us, Father, by Your Spirit. Give revelation and understanding that goes beyond where we've been. Of who You are, how good You are. Of Your love for us personally. Of Your love for our brothers and sisters beside us. Of Your love for the unlovely, Father. Now just let him minister to you. Just sit in it. Stand in it. You know, Jesus is a good shepherd. He, he's a good shepherd. You know, there is things that the Lord wants to minister here tonight in people and through people. So, so be checking on the inside. Do you have a, a tongue? Maybe there's an interpretation. Maybe there's a prophecy, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Maybe there's a miracle or a gift of healing. Be checking on the inside. The Lord would do some things. Would do some things through through His people.
1: jesus I no
2: no I love this church I love this people. I see the reflection of Jesus from my point of view in heaven. I smell the sweet smell of incense, of your prayers. You have caught my attention. And oh, how I love you. I'm giving each of you this night a gift. And it is a supernatural gift that I'm going to impart to each one of you from my heart into your heart. And it's going to be a longing. It's going to be an outreach and it's going to be an overflowing from your heart out. The inwardness of your life is disappearing. And the outwardness of your life is enlarging. And it is my doing because of my love for you. You'll see it. You'll hear it. You'll know it. You'll walk in it. You'll move in it. It's a new realm. And I am giving this realm to you all tonight because of my great love for you. I have seen your love. I've seen your sacrifices. I have seen your prayers, and I've heard them. And it has blessed my heart. You cannot give me. (laughs) Oh, you've tried. But tonight, receive my love and my gift. It's for you because I love you so deeply. Walk in it, my children. Enjoy it and give it out abundantly. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, it'll be real. You'll notice the difference, a marked difference in your life from this night forward. Go with my joy. Go with my love. Go with my peace. Oh, it's real. Let's
0: say, I received that. And don't think that you're off the hook. Okay, we had a tongue, we had interpretation, we had a prophecy, and so, uh, yay, the Lord didn't use me. Well, do you want to be used by the Lord? If you do, there's more that He would do. We just read these scriptures about that He's a good God. There's plenty that He could say and do through His people, to His people. So just make yourself available to the Lord. I say lord I'm willing
3: Fear not believe only I say again to you fear not believe only Am I not bigger mm-hmm. Am I not more than enough Yes, I can do that too, just trust me. Yes, I understand you have opportunity to be fearful, but do not. Yes, I have your answer. Yes, it is coming. Trust in me. Put your hope in me. I am your all in all. I am the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I am the Lord your God. Believe me.
0: If you'll be sensitive on the inside of you, in your spirit, there's even some of you that are going to have stirrings for what you're called to in life. You'll either have revelation or understanding what it is you're called to or an area you're called to. Take note of it.
4: When will Jesus be enough? When the money dies, when the popularity goes, when will He be enough? When is Jesus going to be enough for everyone?
0: You know, when I was in Turkey a couple of weeks ago, I, I went, while I was there, I visited the seven churches that are mentioned in Revelations, or where those churches were, those churches are not there anymore, of course, and um, was reading in Revelations and, and examining that. And the church at Laodicea is the last one mentioned And that church is very, very uh, similar to the state of the church in in the United States, right? I'm not saying that church applies to us. That letter in Revelations was written to a real church at a real time in Laodicea. But we can draw out principles and similarities. And they became very self-sufficient. They were a very, very wealthy city, and an earthquake leveled the city. And many of the cities in that area, just up the road is, is, was were, the book of Colossians, was written to the city of the Christians at Colossae. Just up the road, a couple miles is that. Up the road, another direction is the church of, of Theopolis. And all of these places were leveled in this earthquake. And so the Roman Empire came and started building these cities back up. But at Laodicea, they said, no, we don't need your help. We'll build it ourselves. That's how wealthy they were. And from their own means, they built that city back up into a beautiful city.
5: we're standing and praying. The Lord showed me that there's someone here, maybe more than one that has a pain in their neck, not your pain in the neck, but a pain in the neck. And that pain in the neck perhaps is also attached to or part of headaches, waves of headaches. So if that's you. I'm asking you to come forward if that's okay, pastor for hands to be laid upon you for healing. And there may be more than one. I'm asking also if there could be some people behind these ladies. I'm going to put my hands on your neck or your head, which, which would it be? Both back in here. Heavenly father, we come to you this evening and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your awesome power. We thank you that you have said to us that what we ask in your name, Jesus, it will be done. We know that you bore stripes upon your back. We know that you had wounds on your body that we might be made whole so we say now by your stripes jesus jill is healed in jesus name by your stripes she is healed she is healed from the top of her head down to the soles of her feet in jesus name we claim it and we thank you for it now in jesus name thank you jesus and where do you have back in your neck Lord, you didn't show this to me this evening for nothing. You showed it because it's real. You showed it because these people have needs. These people have needs in their bodies that they might be made whole. So again, Lord, we come to you and we ask. We ask for healing, healing her body, healing in her neck, that she would be made completely whole. Again, you bore stripes upon your back. You had wounds in your body that we might be whole. So we claim that healing in Jesus' name by your stripes she is healed now in jesus name hallelujah hallelujah Where do you have pain? so we have muscle pains in the whole body but in the neck and also migraines for many years Lord, this is nonsense. You know this is nonsense. This is nothing that needs to be there. And we know it doesn't come from you, but it comes from the pit of hell. So we, we ask you now, Lord, for a healing, a healing on the entire body, on her entire body. Every muscle in her body would be made so that it is no longer tight, no longer stressed, but it would be loose and it would be correct in her body. She would be made whole made whole from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And we claim it now in Jesus' name. By your stripes, you are healed now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Jesus, and we claim it in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Lord, Kathleen has pain in the left side of her neck, and she also experiences dizziness. And we know this isn't something you want your children to feel. or This is a pain that you want your children to have in their bodies. But you want us to be able to do the things that we do on a daily basis without pain, without worry, without stress, without fear, and be able to function properly. Because the better we feel in our bodies, the more we can do for the kingdom. So, Lord, again, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you right now for this healing that's taking place, taking place in Kathleen's body as we speak. And we claim it in Jesus' name, for by your stripes, she is made whole from the top of her head to the soles of her feet and everything in between. Lord, we thank you for it. We are blessed by you and each person that's here now and anybody that hasn't come forward now is made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Okay. Teresa has come forward for her lower back. and I'm. If, do you mind if I put my hand there? In her lower back and in her neck. And Lord, we know, we know, we know that healing is what your power is all about. We know, Lord, that there's so much more to you Power, power, power now in Jesus' name. We ask you for your healing power, for your healing touch. And we know, Lord, that she is made whole in Jesus' name. One more time, by your stripes, she was made whole and she is whole now. We claim it, we thank you, and we praise you and give you glory for this healing, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: You know, that church in Laodicea had a school, a a school of medicine. They were well known throughout the entire region for having the best school of medicine. They were really self sufficient. Over in Ephesus, they were known for many things, but the the main thing was they'd left their first love. And you know, that's the thing with idols. We, we've, we've grown up and we've looked at idols as though they're this evil thing. And idols aren't bad things. Idols are good things. They're a good thing that people make supreme. Are you hearing me? It's something good that people have exalted Into a place it shouldn't be. Whether it be medicine. I don't have anything against medicine. I'm just saying. We have many things. Our comfort zone. Our family. That's a big idol. Can be. Or this is how we've always done it. This is the prescribed way. We need to do it again. I'm talking about things that are happening here tonight. So let's, let's put aside the idols. And let's just say, Lord, you're in the driver's seat. I'm yours. You do it your way. If we want to see revival come into this nation... We can't look to the past of how things were done thinking that's how we'll usher it in again. Being self-sufficient. Thinking we know the way. We look to Him who is able to do more exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we can ask or think. And we ask Him for His ways. That His ways would be our ways. That His Plan for now at this time would become our plan now at this time. So, Lord, we ask you to continue to direct and lead us here and bring forth those things that please you, those things you see necessary for tonight and going forward.
6: na na ho kana na ala ichini yo manda ida yen na honda is ne hakat no anda ida na the lord wants everyone to close their eyes Just think of uh, maybe years ago, several years ago, maybe recent. Maybe things weren't going so well. Maybe you were making choices that weren't right in a place that was dark. Do you see that? Now move forward. see the goodness of God in your life throughout the process you can see goodness with your eyes closed listen carefully my eyes are fixed on you I sing over you every day. Will you cast those things that weigh you down to the side? Fix your eyes on me. I love you. I love you so much.
7: Some of you remember um, last week when Nicole came up and shared a testimony about our marriage and how we've been struggling. And um, some of you remember a moment, um, I know Pastor said this because he said it scared him, um, when I was in worship and I just screamed at the top of my lungs I said, Freedom! I'm free! And I think I scared everybody actually over in that area because I literally screamed at the top of my lungs. Um, As I was sitting here, uh, just in all this, asking, Lord, how do I you know, get out of these patterns of, you know, like Pastor Sid said, we had a, a, a tongue and interpretation and we go through all these motions of like, you know, oh yeah, it's a good service. And like, I am, I have been guilty of just being satisfied with the normal, like, oh, it's a little extra this time. And I'm not, I don't want to be satisfied with just that. I don't want to, I don't ever want to be just satisfied or just have good enough in the moment. I want to be desperate in those moments for him. I want us to be desperate for him in those moments, to be poor in spirit where it's never enough. We can never have enough of him. We always need him in every present moment that we have. And sometimes that looks like screaming at the top of your lungs and scaring everyone else around you. I'm not saying that you have to do that right now, but sometimes it's doing the thing that is extremely uncomfortable even if it's just to get you out of that place and to trust Him in a new way, even if it's just simple obedience, and just do it.
8: So the gentleman that was just up here... Noticed that our two-year-old had really red cheeks and sniffles for a number of weeks. And it was probably after Christmas time when it started. And we didn't know what was going on. We had prayed, we had prayed, we had had more people pray. And brought him in the nursery one week and he said, What's going on with your little guy? I'd love to agree with you. And so we just shared a little I just shared Doug wasn't even here. He's actually he was actually traveling at the time. He's not here tonight either. Um, And just agree with us in prayer. And the next day, it was completely gone from his cheeks. It had moved to his bottom. So the next time I saw him, updated him, and he said, it's on his way out. And I said, I agree with you. It's on its way out. And it's been completely clear now the last week.
0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Completely gone.
8: And I want to agree with what he just shared. That sometimes God wants to do more than we can think or ask or, expect, or what we expect through in and through us. More than we've been taught. More than we have even watched happen around us. He wants to do more. So what happened with our son? He wants to do more of that. What happened tonight in, in, with, with pastor's obedience? With Pastor Sis obedience, the Holy Spirit's presence fell and there was holy laughter. That's a holy thing, but it can be uncomfortable if you're not used to it. So sometimes it just takes letting go and getting uncomfortable and posturing yourself in a different way. Maybe that means laying on the floor or getting to your knees or whatever you feel like he's prompting you in your heart. Or just laughing, letting go of the... Comfort. So I just encourage you tonight that I think that Pastor Sid's obedience has just released a really ripe night for healing and for encountering him. And whatever the Holy Spirit's telling you to do in this moment, do it. Because he wants to touch you. And we all know a 30-second encounter can eliminate more than 30 years of counseling. That's right. <laughs> That's
3: right. <laughs> okay, so you've got to stay up here then. Because I was before you came up, I was seeing your face, and I was like, "Okay, Lord, is that something? What is this?" And then Shane came up, and then you came up, and I just felt like the Lord wants to minister something to you. And I'm, I'll be honest, I don't know. I, I just know that I, I can't. You're not supposed to go back, sit down. So, um, and then you said that, "Just do the thing. That be obedient in the moment." Okay, Lord, I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> Is there something you need breakthrough in your life? Is it, the Lord wants to do something for you. That's all I know is that he wants to minister to you. Does anybody have a word specific for her? I um, Do you need prayer for something? We, we want to agree with you. Shh. grace to you I speak fresh empowerment to you hope revived strength renewed for I am your source I've carried you this far and I will continue to carry you surrender to me and I will show you more of the way yes lay down the thing you don't want it to be lay it down because I'm good I have plans to prosper you not to harm you so lay it down, even that. If you have something in your heart that you feel you're supposed to pray over her, a word, maybe, maybe it's just you feel you're led to come up here and lay your hands on her and pray in tongues, or put something in her hand, check your heart. I just felt she wasn't supposed to go back to her seat.
1: Hey, here I am out of my comfort zone <laughs> people say there is power in love but God says love is power it's power to destroy the plans of the enemies it's power to see miracles happen it's power to do the things that God wants you to do the impossible so step out in love
2: Keep getting the word expel, 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 expel. When I think of expel, I think of kicking out, getting expelled out of school. So in the name of Jesus, we expel Satan. We expel Satan from our lives in every area. We expel Satan from our bodies. We expel him from touching our children, from touching our finances, from touching any area of our lives. You are expelled and you may not return. In the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. That's
0: right. And in particular, a spirit of fear. All right? If you've been tormented by a spirit of fear tonight, it's done tonight. In the name of Jesus, finished. I give you peace in Jesus' name.
9: my spirit there's an expectation rising we're hearing a lot about harvest time right that's a that's current word right now harvest time an expectation that harvest time is coming and it's creating a thought of us going out preaching teaching the word witnessing to our neighbor the Lord is going to bring souls in I want to expand your thinking on harvest time because see the word is going out it's going to the inside of you and there's going to be a harvest of peace to those who need peace there's going to be a harvest of understanding and knowledge and revelation to those who need that there's going to be a harvest of wealth to those who need that. So I want you to think bigger than what you're thinking in relation. Yes, we need a harvest of souls. And yes, that will happen. But the word that's going into your heart right now, let there be a harvest of that. So we have to think bigger. Lay it up on the pulpit there.
10: We could have more. We can have more. Why stay where we're at? Well, we can have more, and then I heard the Lord say, "Yes, you can have more." And right away, I saw. I heard the line from the Chronicles of Narnia: the last battle. It's at the very end of the book. And there they are, they passed the door. The Shire and there they are, and it's Narnia, but it's different. It's brighter than the Narnia they knew. Uh, and there's a hill going up through the hills of Narnia. And there's a door. And they went up and they went through the door and it was it was Narnia again, but it was brighter still. It was better. And further up and further in, more, more. Further up and further in. Yes. We can have more. Look him in the eyes. And say, yes, Lord. We want more.
0: are the sheep of His
6: pastures.
0: We belong to Him. There's healing taking place on the inside of some of you. I'm I'm saying in the soulish realm. There's deliverance. There's physical healing. Some of you will lay down on your bed tonight... With a completely new understanding of some things. In particular with calling. The love of God reveals it to you.
3: Sense the spirit of God tonight For he is here The peace The love The presence But his spirit is with us Every single second Become more aware of his spirit Be sensitive For he would move through us Through the week Not just in service Become more aware the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you and I.
0: Father, we thank you for the Spirit of gladness. Thank you for joy. Thank You, Lord, for the spirit of life that sets us free from the law of sin and death. We bless You for it. Thank You for being good to us and patient to us. Lord, I lift up each one in this room, each one listening. Lord, I lift them up. I present them to You, Father. You know the needs in their life, and I just ask You to be extraordinarily good to them in ways that they cannot deny are You. Father, ways that are obvious that that was You. That You loved them. Father, I ask You to touch the places in their soul that need healing right now. Lord, that the oil of gladness would bring in healing to the place that was injured. Lord, that You said that You give beauty for ashes. Father, the place that people have felt has been ashes caused beauty beauty to come forth Lord you are good so good so good we bless you we bless you thank you for allowing us to be with you to be one of yours to be called by your name Father we desire more of you to be more like you To more accurately display you to others, that your glory would be seen. That people would know and see, Lord, that you are good. And Father, I recognize that one of the ways you show your goodness is through your children, is through your people. And so, Lord, we present ourselves right here to continue. Lord, we want to be a conduit of Your goodness. Impress upon us the thing to do, the thing that pleases You in the moment, the thing that is Your will in the moment. Lord, reveal it. Impress it upon us. Give us boldness to carry it out, to walk it out, to do it. In our workplace, in our home, in the presence of those who do not believe. Lord, give us boldness. And I thank you for it. upon the Lord, He will renew their strength. In this moment of waiting for Him, just allow His strength to come in and fill you. Fill every cell in your body. Renew it. It's in these moments of waiting upon the Lord that He gives you the rhema word that you need for that week. The rhema word that you need going forward, the rhema word that you need for the next 70 years.
10: obedience is hard
1: uh, boys keep telling
10: me that the desire in my heart is selfish but the Lord doesn't want me to be induced to this pregnancy and I'm asking for agreement for that I don't Know when he wants her to come, but he wants it to be natural and I just ask for agreement for that.
1: Yeah. name that's right
0: Peace be upon you, peace upon the baby, peace upon the birth process in Jesus' name. Jill courageously came and made a request and she said, obedience is hard. This is something else that the Lord has been saying to me. Obedience is love. Obedience is love. Doesn't mean that it's easy to obey, right? But obedience is love. It's us telling the father. You know the father's love is just it's it's to us. It's agape. Our love to him is shown by our obedience. So I want to encourage you to step out in faith. This is what Apostle John wrote in his first letter. He says, this is what love for God is. To keep His commands. And His commands are not a burden. Because everyone who's been born of God conquers the world. So if you've been born of God, you're a world conqueror. He goes on and He says, this is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. So what the Lord's putting into your heart, do it. Whether it's tonight or tomorrow or something for later in the week or as you go through the week. That prompting on the inside. Step out in faith if the time is now. You know the first time that I ever heard a tongue. Someone delivered the tongue. And it it was in this very church, not this building. But it was the first time I had heard a, a tongue delivered to people. And immediately I had the first line of the interpretation. But I didn't have the whole thing so I didn't get up. And I kept waiting for the whole thing to come. And then I'll get up. See, we want to know the whole, the whole, all the steps. Then we'll obey. And so finally, but did you know that the Lord's still going to minister to His people in spite of me? Right? So He had someone else get up. They had the interpretation. So they get up and they deliver the first line. Word for word. Exactly what I had in my spirit. And then they went on and delivered the rest of it. But the Lord taught me something that day. He says, step out in faith. Open your mouth and I will fill it. If I would have stood up and given that first line, He would have given me the rest and the rest and the rest and it would have just come out. But I say that to encourage you that here in this house, don't allow fear to stop you. When the Lord gives you something, go with it. And then allow Him to minister it as you go. Right? We don't, if we miss it, we, we want to get things right in this house. And if we miss something, we'll be quick to change, to correct, and to to apply the Spirit's glasses to it. Right? And let Him minister it in your heart. Okay, I have it that we can uh, close the meeting. And so we're not going to do our normal songs of worship at the end. What I would want to instead do is encourage you to encourage each other. Did you know the Word says that that's one of the ways to combat unbelief? To combat, don't let any of you have an evil unbelieving heart in you, is what it says in Hebrews. So therefore, encourage each other daily. So encourage each other. What would the Lord say to this person next to you? And then encourage them. Can we do that? All right, Father, I ask that you seal these things in our heart tonight, and Lord, we give you right of way in our life. Tonight, the rest of this day, the rest of this week, the rest of our lives, we are yours and we want to please you in everything. So come, lead, guide, direct, we are yours in Jesus' name, and amen. Well, one of the ways that we love God is how in this house? Love one another. Love one another.
2: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Word International here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So glad to see each and every one of you. We're so glad that you came tonight. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Isn't it great to be around family? It's the best thing in the whole world. Well, I'd like to encourage you tonight in our time of worship together. And I'm going to read from Acts Two. When the day of Pentecost had co- had fully come, they were of all they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, as if of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each one of them. And they were all, all filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. One accord. It means if a number of people do something with one accord, they do it together or at the same time, because they agree about what should be done. It's made up of two words, same and mind. It's a harmony, like a chorus, with every instrument playing in harmony with one another. It's a oneness, it's a spiritual unity, it's a binding together that even Satan himself cannot tear apart. Well, let's stand up together tonight, family, and the, let's look expectantly for the suddenlies of God tonight as we are all in one accord, one spirit, one mind, one heart, in one place, worshiping our only one and true God. Amen? Praise God. I'm sensing a theme there, <laughs>
0: is alive and he has made you and I more than conquerors that means there's nothing that we can't overcome there's no problem too big no detail too small it matters to our Lord our Savior our King our champion our brother our brother did you know he's your brother and He gives you access right in to the throne room of God. There's no bombarding heaven's gates. There's no trying to get God's attention. You can come right into His presence and, and just say, Lord, we bless You. Father, we bless You tonight. We exalt You, Lord. And we say, You are good. You are good beyond compare, Father.
1: We exalt You, Lord.
0: Well, Father, we give You complete right-of-way tonight. And by Your Spirit, Lord, we invite You to come in and just have Your way tonight and be our teacher, our guide, our instructor. Father, reveal to us in greater measure of who You are and who we are in You. Father, reveal Your goodness to us tonight. Lord, I ask You for, to stretch forth Your hand and to do signs and wonders tonight that, that by your spirit you would release into the body gifts of your spirit to minister to you, Lord, to minister to one another, to bless you, Lord, and to show forth your goodness. And I just declare that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice in it. We're glad in it and we yield ourselves wholly and entirely to you in it this day in Jesus name and who can say so be it so be it well we're going to send the uh, children to to their various classes the ministry workers to their stations and while they're going why don't you greet someone bless someone introduce yourself to somebody
3: well good evening everyone Good to see you all here tonight. Thank you for that. Well, we'd like to welcome you here. Uh, If you're here for the very first time, we're glad you're with us. Can you just raise your hand so we can acknowledge you? Is this your first time to Church of the Word International right over here? (laughs) It's good to have you with us tonight. I trust you'll be blessed. All right, well, we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord. So if you need a cash envelope... For your cash giving, uh, raise your hand if you're giving by, or if you're giving by credit card. Uh, Do fill out all of the blanks if you're giving by credit card. If you're giving by check, you don't need that. Do you love the Lord tonight? Yes. Yes, I knew I'd get a resounding yes. Aren't you so grateful for the many things he's done for you? He's been so good. He's been so faithful. I mean, I know in my life, I mean, all of us here can testify. He's delivered us from so much. I am so grateful for that. You know, giving is an expression of love. It's also an expression of gratefulness. When you have a grateful heart, there's this desire to want to give. Now, we can never repay the Lord for his goodness. We can never re- it's not about repaying him for the gift of salvation or his deliverance, but it's in your heart to want to bless him, right? Right? Turn to Psalms 116. I felt like this psalm, um, well, the whole psalm's great. We can't read all of it for time's sake. But it brings out, the verses that I'm going to read, illustrates the connection between a grateful heart and our external actions. So he begins the psalm, the psalmist does. He's talking about how he loves the Lord. And he names off all these things the Lord's done. He, He heard his voice. He cried out for mercy. And the Lord heard him and turned to him. He delivered him from the entanglement of, of death and the grave. He cried out, Lord, save me. And he did. You know, he restored peace to his soul. And he just goes on down the list of how he's delivered and provided. And then in verse 12, he says this. He asks this question, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? So he he's acknowledging, wow, God's been so good, and I'm just, all these things, I'm so grateful. What can I do for you, Lord? Do you see that? It's in his heart. He's so grateful, and he loves him. So now he starts to name off some things that he's going to do. He says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. So, in other words, he's going to lift up, he's going to proclaim, when I looked up the word salvation, it brought out, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of times when I read this word salvation, I instantly think of the cross. And that is. It it is that. But it's so much more. It's aid. It's victory. It's, yes, deliverance from the pit. It's, in that word actually is prosperity and wealth. It's whatever. It's deliverance. All of it. So I'm going to proclaim that. I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to declare what he's done. So this is something I'm doing because of you know what his question was what shall i return to the lord for his goodness verse 14 i will fulfill my vows to the lord in the presence of all his people precious in the sight of the lord is the death of his saints his faithful servants i read you know how you know a verse in a certain translation and then i don't know something takes over and i just read it like that even though my translation says Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. You know, the Lord esteems very highly a life lived faithfully to him. It's not about that he, is, he doesn't take pleasure in the fact that you died necessarily, but the fact that you lived faithfully your life of serving him. That is something he esteems very highly. says, truly I'm your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You freed me from my chains. Again, answering this question, what will, What am I doing? What am I returning to the Lord for his goodness? It says, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. You know, over and over in Scripture, you see this, this, um, Thankfulness, this heart of love and thankfulness, and then they want to give an offering. Noah gets off the ark. What's the first thing he does? He builds this this offering. You know the, the jailer that um, you know Paul and Silas. They were imprisoned, and this earthquake comes, and you know the story. The jailer's about to take his life, and they said, "No, don't do that." And they led him to the Lord. What does he want to do? I want to wash your wounds. Come to my house. I'm going to feed you supper. He wants to do, he wants to bless. You know, if you think, well, hey, it's just all about the heart. God cares just about the heart. Yes, and the heart will translate out here. You know, oh yes, I serve the Lord. I'm all about the Lord, but it, I never, I'm only serving, my money is only serving me. My time is only serving me. My resources, my talents only serve me. You no, know, when it's when I really do, when I really do have a heart for the Lord, it will come out into these natural external things. Amen? Well, I'm really grateful for the Lord and his provisions to me, so let's take a hold of your tithes, your offerings, let's pray over that. Lord, we just bless you tonight. We're so, so thankful. You've been faithful to us. Time and time again, and we just, we are glad to return the tithe, and we're just thankful for our jobs, we're thankful for our sources of income, the resources that you have entrusted to us. We just thank you so much for it, and I just ask you to bless the, these tithers, bless their funds, their finances, may it bring a harvest to them and to your kingdom, in the name of Jesus, and amen. amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will give to the Lord. couple changes, a change, I shouldn't say a couple, a change to our home group, um, one of our home groups this week. Troy's home group, the Mannheim home group, is going to be here at the church on Tuesday night at 6. And Deb says they're going to be meeting in the cafe. So if that's part of your home group, you can expect that. And uh, let's see. We, we still have our sign-up sheet for the Resurrection Weekend Meal. Everyone's invited, but you do need to sign up. The sign-up sheet is in the back, and I believe tonight's the last night. Deb says cutoff. That's it. So if you want to show up for our pre-service meal, um, Resurrection Weekend, you have to sign up. It's going to be here at the church April 16th at 4.30. Uh, Let's see. Also, if you'd like to help with the mulching, the flower beds this spring, you can talk to Debbie we 're in need of some volunteers in that department, so talk with debbie if you 're interested and troy i 'm going to call you up. We have their the Ghana fundraisers coming up, so he 's going to share a little bit about that good evening.
5: good evening good to see you all so first of all, the home group uh, that I would normally lead is going to be at six thirty on the evening i don't know i think i heard six o'clock but it'll be 6 30 just so everybody knows that to be sure um, so thank you for all of you who are going to be attending that um, alex and caitlin will be leading the home group it'll be an exciting evening Now, the reason I'm up here is to talk about the Ghana Initiative Live Auction and High Tea. You've heard about it several times. You perhaps, and I hope you all, received some kind of an invitation, whether by word of mouth or by paper. And there's been a sign-up sheet in the back uh, for all of you to sign up on. And the reason we ask you to sign up on it isn't so much because we need a commitment, but because we need a commitment. (laughs) Yes, we really do need a commitment. And we need a commitment because people are taking the time to prepare for that evening, to provide the food and so on. So if you're coming and you've walked by me and said, we're coming, it doesn't mean anything to me. You have to actually sign up and and make sure that it's on paper so that we we know you're coming. Yes. because if you show up at the door and you just told me and said, well, I told you, I didn't remember. Ask my wife. I, I don't remember. So... So anyway, so what is a a live auction? It is a live auction. If you haven't been there before, there'll be an auctioneer who will be actually selling all of the things that have been donated and all of the things that are are sold then, the money that comes in as profit, benefits the Ghana Initiative Mobile Medical Mission Ministry and all of the things that we do in Ghana, West Africa. The high tea part of it is something that my wife and her mother and sister and others here in the church are going to be working together to provide, and that high tea is going to be where you'll have tea at the table, you'll have these beautiful set uh, little uh, plates that are on stands, and on it will be um, finger sandwiches and scones and fondant fancies coming directly from England. My, my wife's parents are coming here on Tuesday, so they'll be bringing them with them. There'll be cupcakes again from Ziggs, there'll be cookies and a, a number of other things. So you will be provided with food, but it won't be a meal. So make sure you have your lunch before you come, okay? Unless you're going to eat a lot of the stuff that's on the table. Um, So, again, please make sure you sign up. We'd love to have you there. And the the more the merrier. You'll notice it in the bulletin. It does say 18 years and older are invited. And the reason for that is because most people who are 18 years or, pardon me, under 18 years of, of age don't typically have a credit card or a checkbook. And the whole purpose of this is to raise money for the Ghana Initiative Ministry. So thank you very much.
0: I am so grateful for the heart that you all have towards the work of the Lord around the world. And um, it just always blesses me so much to know that this little mighty band of people is so positively affecting the world in so many places. I mean, you look up at the walls and you see so many flags, and um, some of these are places we've been, some of them are are where we are currently, and yet um, that's only a small fraction of all the flags that could be up there, right? And when Jesus said, go into all the world, it wasn't a suggestion. (laughs) He meant it. He also knew that no one of us personally can go into all the world. That it takes the body. And one of the ways that we're able to go to so many places is by sending little servants of ours. They're called dollars. Right? Sending little servants of ours that belong to us to those places to help in the work that's going on. I like to call them little green soldiers. All right? We send little green soldiers all around the world to help with the people that are there carrying out the work. And it takes both of us, or you know, both sides of us, those that are there and those that are here. We support them in prayer. We support them financially. We may go visit them. We may send people to them to help them. But yet all of it, each one of us has a part. None of us are uh, left out, or if we are left out, we're left out by our own choice. You understand. Because every weekend we have opportunity to partner with these many places around the world. What I would like to do is bring up uh, the, those that were in Ukraine just recently. So uh, Jacob, you, and um, where is, Josiah, are you willing to share a little bit? Okay, we'll have you come up. Josiah is uh, one of the students of the Armada Commission. And uh, he goes to Bill Hague's uh, church over in York, and so he's joined us tonight as well. So you guys come. Um, If we could have, Alicia, could I choose you to run down and relieve Aaron Ray so that he could come up and share, and then we'll have him share first, and then uh, he'll come back down. So you guys can just stand up here and be wall fixtures for right now and look pretty, (laughs) smile. Levi, yes, thank you. And um, who am I missing? Eric. Eric isn't here tonight. So be sure to ask him in person, all of you, stand in line next weekend. And uh, we'll wait for Aaron Ray to come and he'll be here in just a moment. And so one of the things that we are, um, how would I say this, that we take very seriously here is is—is the Great Commission, and we know that it starts right here at home, you know, And it's not just making, you know, so many times we've looked at it as maybe making converts. But that's not what the Great Commission is. It's making disciples. Making disciples. And so that is an extended, ongoing effort, right? And um, many times we go somewhere and maybe a work gets started, but then there's an ongoing work. And there's follow-through that has to happen. And there's training that has to happen in those places, And so uh, I want to thank you guys for partnering with so many places around the world, uh, from Ghana to Ukraine to, you know, all all the different places. So uh, Aaron Ray's not here yet. Yeah, well, that's right, that's right. Here he is. Aaron, why don't you come? And uh, we're going to start with you so that you can go back. We're so grateful for those that are in the HELPS ministry, right? Thank you for serving with the children downstairs so you get the privilege of going first and just tell us how uh, from your perspective some of the things that stood out to you from this recent trip and and you guys can take turns and saying what you did or whatever but we'll go with you so that you can go back to uh,
11: your responsibilities downstairs okay thank you yeah so um, from my perspective there was ten of us that went and we all kind of went in different ways doing different things so um, i got I, I stayed in Ismail in a small town there, and what we were doing is every day going out and ministering in villages and uh doing doing uh, gospel presentations and uh handing out food and things to the needy people there so you have refugees that are moving out of the cities and some are going back into their hometowns where they might have where they were born or where their families are and so there's a need of need for food and and so forth there. So it was a good time of uh, being able to minister. Uh, We did gospel presentations in some churches and just had the opportunity to pray for people and uh, lay hands on people. And it was a real, for me, it was stepping out into some new territory, but um, we had a good time. I guess the one thing that stood out to me the most or that the Lord taught me was so we stayed in the basement of this building that's where we slept and uh, every morning at nine o'clock people from that city would come in there and uh, there was a church that you know they they ministered out of that building and they had a prayer meeting there every morning at nine o'clock and that had been happening for weeks prior to us coming but there was a refugees that would come through there and, and, and come to that building in the morning. And um, I saw people that lived in that city that had nothing reach out to people and minister to them who had nothing. And I just, you know, really realized that Jesus didn't come with goods and money and that kind of thing. But his ministry, he, you know, he, what he had was truth he didn't have goods but he had truth and when he ministered to people it was that truth in their heart that changed their world it changed their lives it changed their everything because what jesus had to share with them was in a seed form so it just really rocked my world to see these people who had nothing minister the, the love you know the love of god to these people who were fleeing from their country who were kicked out of their you know they were they were running for their lives and they just they had nothing so uh that was my there's many takeaways for me from this trip but that was just something that was impressed to me the most all right thank you Aaron. if
0: you would give the mic to one of those guys thank you for coming up and sharing with us
12: Hello, my name is Josiah. I was actually partnered with Aaron on the trip, and I was very fortunate to get to know him better and just build a relationship there. What I saw there in Ukraine was a God-fearing people, a people there are a lot like us, and people that need our support. They don't want war. Most people don't. But one of the things I, that stuck out to me when I was talking to our interpreters... I was asking her many questions about their culture and about Ukraine, about their home, and they don't, they don't hate Russian people. A lot of them are from the Soviet Union. There's a lot of older people that came out of there, but they, they don't have prejudice towards people, and if they're wanting to be there and be a part of their nation and be patriotic towards them, then power to them. I mean, they... They don't like when they kill them, but they they don't have a, so to say, prejudice against them. But, we got to see a people that, it amazed me how we would go into the poor villages and more than once I'd, I'd see this elderly lady who, if I had something to give, I would give it, is what I'd, I'd hear constantly, like, I don't know of our, a lot of are unfortunate people who would have that same heart. You know, we have it fairly easy here. We got a lot of programs to support people. They got, they got nothing. There's no insurance. You lose your car in the war. You lose your home. They don't they don't got that insurance. It's gone. They don't have that support. And they they gave when they had nothing to give. And I, I honestly <laughs> I didn't know what to do because it, it almost felt like we were being served I w- like Aaron said, we were in Ismail, and they served us, and they they were so hospitable. I was like, man, what do I what do I do? We're here to help you, you know. But they're just such a kind people. And if it wasn't for the language barrier, I'd say they're. It's almost like I'm talking to Americans. They understand us. They. We tend to make the mistake of when we travel, we look down on people or, or think that uh, they just don't understand, and they understand things, and they. A lot of them they they always they are united, they fear God and they it was amazing to see how they just stood with each other so they need they need our support it's it's a lot worse than what the news is telling people here we we have the it's no question we obviously have an information war right now in the United States and me being there we didn't see the tanks and the russians and everything but we got to talk to the people that were on the front lines we we know the pastors that witnessed a lot of what was going on and the mass burial graves are real the the casualties a lot of what's going on there it's, it's worse than what most people know so they need our prayer and they need our support and I'm, I was very humbled to be able to go on this trip and serve them the best I could. My takeaway is uh, I, I wish I could have done more. But we're hoping to get more teams out there. To those who are able to, we, we would love to have people who are willing to help, that are willing to give their life if need be. We, we stepped into this with the understanding that we're going into a war-torn country. And this is, this is why we're Christians we're here to be Christ-like ones. And the greatest thing a man can do to show love is to give his life for another. So to those who have that inkling in their heart, they have that tug, you follow that. God's leading you to do that. And however we can support. you know, These are our brothers and sisters. We said that many times when we were over there. We're no different from the Ukrainians. Those who fear God, they are our family. And that's why we go there. We're there to help our family. So they need our support, and they need our prayer. And uh, I'm just humbled that I I could have gone on this trip and get to know these mighty men of God. I'm very blessed, and I'm very thankful for it.
0: Thank you, Josiah. If you would, uh, you can give the mic over
4: here to Jacob. Good evening. Everybody, repeat after me. Boga, Boga, Boga good. <laughs> that means God bless you. Um, so many things. The first thing is all the glory, all the honor goes to the father. Yeah. amen. All of it. Uh, from the beginning, I, I just, uh, we had breakthrough, um, breakthrough because all our plans failed they seemed like they failed and we would have been stuck for days in the hotel Uh, but Aaron Ray, Eric Hoover, Josiah they were led to intercede and within five minutes Levi and Jay their phones started blowing up that was breakthrough immediate and the presence of God was oh The Father, Uh, it's because Jesus went to the right hand of the Father that we can do what we do. It's all through him, and uh, I got surprised by the Lord in many ways of how much he loves people. He loves people. Uh, He healed, everybody say this. Everybody say babushka. <laughs> babushka. That's how you say grandma in Ukraine. Isn't it adorable? <laughs> I think it is. Babushka. He healed those old. Babu- there were many old grandmas that they couldn't walk. They probably didn't have any insurance money, and they would limp. And Aaron Ray would pray for them. Josiah has healing testimonies. I mean, immediately. And then they would walk around. <sighs> I cried more in five days than I did for 30 years of my life. The thing is that I, w- I wasn't creating, I, you know, I didn't have thoughts of sad emotions. or like When I would go pray for people, I'd just walk up and it, it was like, I don't know if it was me or the Lord crying for these people. It's very, very weird. A good weird. (laughs) There were children in houses, wrecked homes with no parents. Six years old, five years old, nine years old. Unbathed. Villages that were... uh, abandoned from the first and second world war people would just live in those huts and we'd go with the bags and bibles in the bags with food and we would just tell them we're here to give you encouragement and faith courage in the Lord Jesus and then they'd just start crying they just start crying the presence of God would fall when we would pray for people I mean we have videos and pictures of they have a, a rough exterior but when we started speaking and praying the presence of God would fall and they would break down in tears. Uh, they, they would actually want to say the sinner's prayer. They, would, they, they prayed the sinner's prayer with us. But God's presence. You know, we could be, we could be a... Uh, any mission group, religious or not, but specifically a non-religious group that would go and do good acts, you know. But when you involve the Lord... Um... I thank God for the leadership qualities that He gave to Levi Lapp, our brother here, Jay Stolzfus. They really took the brunt with the intelligence part and the communications. It was a hard work. Um, there were impartations the people the the people in Ukraine uh, I was sharing the videos and the pictures hey look what God's doing when we go out to the villages there was one lady she was a hairstylist cutting hair for free for refugees in the church basement that we were staying and she said I want you to you guys to pray for me and I want to be able to pray for people and they get healed too and they get saved I said okay so we assembled everybody, and we said, "Guys, she wants anointing. she got it nah <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, she got it, and now she 's out there with the team on fire she she don 't let me go she 's constantly <laughs> they love us um." <clears throat> From the group that was taking us out, they, they said, you know, you guys are here, but you guys have impacted us also to uh, encourage us. We, we encouraged pastor there's, there's Pentecostal churches in these Orthodox villages. And it's women that are the pastors. Women. Uh, so we got to refresh them financially and with anointing. And encouragement to keep on keeping yes. on awesome yeah yeah amen there's a lot more to share I'll just let Levi he's got a boatload of information to.
0: thank you Jacob
13: good evening everybody. Uh, I'll see if I can keep this together <laughs> um, so, so Jay Stolz, Pastor Jay from Colorado, and myself, we left two days before the team, and in those two days, we we made a decision to to buy a, a large 18-passenger uh, van uh, that was just south of Kiev in Ukraine, and we had a connection through uh, Mennonite Mennonite connections and stuff, and so we we drove up part ways through. Romania to drop off the the money at another Mennonite community. It's funny how that works as far as trust goes (laughs) Uh, So we drove up there dropped off ten thousand five hundred dollars and and then by That was that was on Saturday that we made the payment on Wednesday that uh, minibus got down to Odessa and um, so it actually came to Odessa filled with boxes of food and supplies so uh, from from Christian aid ministries through the Mennonites that are there and went all the way down there. so probably boxes that got packed here in East Earl made their way <laughs> all the way down to odessa so um, so we did that. that van is now in the possession of the church in odessa and I was just seeing pictures in the last couple of days of what they're putting up, and they're now using it to, to transport supplies in and out and, and also taking people out from, um, you know, people that have been evacuated out of hot zones into safe places and taking them farther, farther down the line. So, you know, when, when you see that, it's like, <laughs> you know, we have all this abundance here. We have all this abundance. And other people are fleeing for their lives. And that's what you guys did. (laughs) That's what you guys were a part of. um, Giving people the opportunity to live another day. Um, So I, I actually spent most of most of the time in Romania, working on, on supplies and so forth, getting supplies over into Ukraine. So we took the team over to Ukraine. Last Monday night, we crossed over, and then Eric and I um, immediately crossed back over into Ukraine with our drivers, or into Romania, with our drivers that, uh, that took the team across and uh i almost became an interna- international criminal for for having too much money um so <laughs> yeah we had too much money for for the two of us and eric and i were stuck in border uh border patrol and customs for for about two and a half hours and we had to get documents written up from the states here and everything so that was fun um, so then the rest the rest of the week Monday, uh, yeah Tuesday through Friday Eric and I were working uh, in Romania and on Tuesday we bought a um, a shipment of supplies and we were going to take it across on on Wednesday and that didn't it didn't exactly go as planned because we didn't realize all the paperwork you need and all that stuff to to cross the borders with uh, such a large load of goods and So long story short, that went over the next day through through other connections we had made with Baptist pastors and then and then we went back to Bucharest and bought another load of, of supplies on Thursday and took that across on Friday. And then Friday and Saturday night we spent in Ukraine. So I, I say all that to say that um, it, it probably seemed like Eric and I had the toughest week out of out of everybody because we were trying to make something happen out of nothing is what it seemed like. You know, we didn't have, you know, years of the connections that... That were already set in place that we could just come in and tap into, and boom, 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 everything was was done. Um, we had to work through things a little bit harder, and it was probably the the hardest, probably one of the hardest weeks in my life as far as mentally and emotionally, just just handling everything, handling everything properly, and and you know staying sane with everything that's happening. <laughs> um, but. To bring it all into perspective for how hard we thought it was at the end of the trip when, when we were all coming back through the airport, we had a, we had a call with Dale and, and he, <laughs> he said just the fact that we could be there with the whole team and Jay and I lead the whole team and him not having to be there, he was able to get 150 people evacuated <clears throat> out of areas where they had, no, they had no way of getting out. So, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how hard life is for, for us, you know, for me as an individual, by doing the hard things in life sometimes, you have no idea what's all happening as a result of that because someone else can be fully focused on something much more important than... Yeah your mental or emotional uh, state, you know, for a few days. So, um, as far as ongoing uh, plans for the 10 Men Project, we're planning on sending, sending many more teams. So the immediate need at the moment is medicine, medical supplies, and, and medics. So that's what we're planning on at the moment for the next few teams to go will actually be teams of medics. Um, and we'll be getting them as close up front as we can. Kind of have, have like a, a casualty collection point where people are brought out that need immediate attention, and then and then they can work on them there. So, so that's what we're making plans for at the moment. we we want to get another team off the ground uh, in the next week week and a half is is what we're looking at now. So so that'll mean another 10,000 per person to go towards that and you know we plan to continue that for as long as we can and, and at the same time with what we're doing with just following such a simple plan working through the pastors and the networks of churches in Ukraine um, other people and other organizations are starting to see that and you know secular organizations even and or starting to understand that you know this is how you need to do it this is really really the best way that you can do it is is through the church and the pastors and uh because you know if if you go in acting like you're part of some military group or whatever you know you're probably not going to come back out so so the best the best way to go in is completely as a civilian you know with the pastors and all this and um, yeah so Stay tuned for more information. <laughs> there's, there's a lot more to come, a lot more work to be done. And, and uh, as far as the war goes, it's, it's, not, it's not pretty at all. Uh, I was on a conference call this morning. And yeah, it's just not, not good what's happening. A lot of things are going to be shifting in the next few days and in the next weeks, and uh, but the church is is called to be triumphant and we rise above everything. We help our brothers and sisters in need and and this is the time for the church to to shine yeah.
0: Here, I'll take that, Levi, because we have one more. Since we're such a sending body, we can hear from many people on many accounts just in the last couple of weeks, right? So, uh, Gene, come share with us about some of your recent... Well,
6: for those of you who don't There you go, here you go. Hey, hey. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Gene. And uh, I want to say this out the gate freedom comes in many different forms. And uh, in conjunction with the trip that these guys were out on, I was uh, honored to uh, uh, go on a mission as well and and bring freedom to some children. Um, I want to start by saying about 10 or 11 years ago, God said to me pretty profoundly in my spirit, he said, you're going to be going to strange places, working with strange people, doing some strange things. That's why me and Pastor work together. <laughs> now, anyways, so I took that to heart, and that was right about the time I was going through Armada Commission. And I'm a graduate of Armada Commission, and uh, they sent me, and God has sent me, and I can't can't stress enough how God's going to put something in your heart, and it's not dependent on your circumstances, it's not dependent on your finances, it's dependent on your obedience to him. And on the other side of that obedience is the grace for you to do what he's called you to do. Amen. And so anyways, uh, yeah, I was honored to be able to lead a team in Africa, and uh, I mean, without going into a lot of details, uh, I brought four operators with me. And uh, we met a team of up to 15 people when we got in country. And uh, we had a couple of meetings, uh, a couple of days of meetings, and then we rescued, and then we, we rescued uh, 11 boys and, and one girl. And uh, ages six years old to 14. And uh, the process is huge. It, it, you, you hear little tidbits about what we do. And uh, literally, I've been building foundations in these countries to bring legitimacy, to bring uh, NGO status to uh, the children's rescue. And so we can operate with big partnerships, not just go and and, and assume that that we can do things. We we bring legitimacy to our name, and then we build our team. And so this rescue actually is a culmination of about a year, a year's worth of work. We have rescued in this country before. But this is the foundational start in each country that we're trying to do. So, yeah, if I could highlight a couple of things. Uh, I didn't bring my Bible, but how much time do I have? (laughs) Um, You never know. You can watch all the films. You can watch all the videos. You can can know all the statistics. But until you get into the presence of a slave master, you have no idea what your emotions are going to do. And being in the presence of a slave master just drives me all the more to get out there and rescue these children. And so a um, couple of highlights. I mean, I'm not going into the details of the rescue, but um, the slave masters actually took probably 16 kids that we were going to rescue, and we, did, we were not able to rescue them. So we're planning another, another trip. Um, so that's why the number was only 12. But... Uh, after the machine, it was kind of a machine type thing, you know, because you're trained and you're you're ready to do whatever it takes, good or bad, whatever comes our way. We try to train for that. Um, so we get out of that situation and we get back to um, the safe house. And we've got 15 rooms in this hotel. And uh, we it, it turns into a different mode because I don't want the kids, you know, we're carriers of the grace and the mercy and the power of God and the love of God. And so in that moment, I wanted to at least get into the, you know, the presence of the kids and show them love, and just ah, just love on them so big. And uh, they've never been in a vehicle before, they've never seen certain places, and they've been stuck on this island in, in uh, slavery. And so I'd get up early in the morning, I'd go up to their room, and I'd just be hanging with them. I'd be on the bed just loving on them and taking pictures and videos in and this one moment. Um, we, we feed them, you know. Obviously, we feed them breakfast and lunch. And um, it was a, it was a, a moment at lunch, and I, I was in with uh, all eleven boys. We're in this one room, and they were fe- we were feeding them, and I was the only uh, leader in there. And so I'm kind of hanging there, and, and we had brought them some cookies. And so food comes in, and they're all just kind of getting into their food, and uh, they saw me sitting there. all these kids that have not eaten, have not been fed regularly, no clothes, whatever. And they look up at me, and they see that I'm not eating. So they kind of give me their cookies. And I'm sitting on the bed just thinking, "What these these guys, they haven't eaten in how long? And now they're giving me, you know, their food. So it was a pretty powerful moment. Um, There was the one girl that that touched my heart, too. She was, um, yeah, she was pretty bad off. But um, she would not look at anybody. She would not smile. She wouldn't do anything. And uh, we ended up buying a bunch of clothes for them and and uh, spoiling them for sure. And but at the last moment, so there's this moment where you get to bring them to the partnerships that we have with orphanages and you know places of refuge and so forth. So we build these relationships way before we we do the rescue. And so we get to this point. And there's always this buildup, and I I know it comes, but there's always this buildup of saying we got to let them go now, you know, into the care of this orphanage. And so it's like. There's this moment of like we just I'm like no no you know, <laughs> and uh, so, um, but she still would not smile. And it was just right down to the last moment, and I said, well let's get some pictures, and so, we we got all 12 of them together, and, and the operators were there, and our assets, and so we're get, we're taking pictures, and I I just felt like let's do a goofy picture, and so I just started flailing like a you know goofball. And the kids all started doing it, and then she turned at me and smiled. And Just that one moment, you know? One moment. (laughs) Freedom comes in many different forms, you know? I wanted to read something. And going back to um, being obedient. And I find myself, since I graduated Armada Commission, I don't even, I can't put a number to it. 20 trips maybe, something like that, throughout the last 10 or 12 years. And there's this, I'm going to tell you this funny story, though. The first, two, the first two days, we got to work with Gun Initiative. And so we went on two medical campaigns. And uh, we, I don't think we planned on this, but I mean, we knew it was happening. And finally, I prayed about it. And I said, yeah, it seems good to the Holy Spirit, so we're, we're going to do this. And so here's the funny thing. If you knew my testimony... I was literally distributing pharmaceutical drugs to these to these families. <laughs> a, a table full of drugs, I was the distributor of the drugs, anyways, it was monitored by uh, a pharmacist. <laughs> so anyways, but anyways, I, I find myself what 's that what 's that? <laughs> yeah they were yeah, at that time, they were over the table. Hey. <laughs> Anyways, I find myself throughout these years l- listening to the voice of God saying, you're going to go to pl- strange places with strange people doing strange things. And you, you get a moment. Obviously, the trips around the world are long. They're 9, 10, 11 hours you spend on a plane. And, and so you get to reflect. And, and uh, it's actually a moment of drawing closer, a moment of worship. Obviously, you can watch movies the whole time, but... Uh, Anyways, but uh, in the, in one moment, and now this relates to when God places something in your heart to do. And, and, and when we're saying this, and you're hearing all this, and you're like, yeah, you guys go everywhere. You guys are powerhouses. There is no level in the kingdom of God. Everybody has the same opportunity. Everybody. So do not ever discount the fact that God, did God say that? Well, maybe he did. Well, then you need to take a step. But anyways... So I'm reflecting on the plane, and so if God ever puts something in, now this works with, you know, my, my moment with God and also with um, anyone that has told to do something from God. So, so I'm sitting there, and I just started jotting down these notes. It says, this is such an elevated level of anticipation because you're so excited. You don't know the unknown. You don't know where God's taking you, but you know you're being obedient. So such an elevated level of anticipation for the plan and the unknown Moments that God reveals to us. You got to be ready for the unknown moments. I'm not saying we don't plan, we do. We plan out the wazoo. But you got to be ready for those moments that God has for you, be able to recognize them and then fulfill that moment. There's a focus and an anointing, a grace that is tangible when all the busyness subsides behind us. And all there is left is, here we are, Lord, use me. Use me wholly. For your glory. Not as if that's not the case when we're here. So don't think it's just for people who are going. It's our everyday life. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the true adventure of going, preparing the way. And ultimately bringing freedom to many. And a voice to the voiceless. Whether it's freedom in Christ or physical freedom. So humbled. So humbled that he chose us. To be carriers of that. Amen.
0: Thank you, Jean. You know, Jesus said that we are the salt and light of the world. And the thing about light is that it doesn't discriminate which parts of the room it goes into, right? The thing about salt, it doesn't discriminate which part of the mashed potatoes it affects or whatever you put it into. It affects the whole lot of whatever you put salt into. And I know some of us in the past have had ideas that, well, I'll be salt and light in these areas, but not over there. For example, politics is out. You know, we're called to preach the gospel. We're not called to be involved in politics. Well, hold on. Salt and light affects all areas. It affects people that are in slavery. It affects people that are running away from a war. And it affects you and I sitting here tonight. Salt and light will also reach out and impact our own government. Right? Right? This experiment that we live in, called the United States of America, which is what it it was, one of the most amazing experiments ever, and that we live in and have witnessed now for several hundred years what's been happening, you know, we've arrived where we are today, I fully believe, because the church hasn't taken the responsibility that it ought to have. Now, we can, you and I, we can't do it all, but we can at least do our part. And that, it's going to start with prayer. We're not going to abdicate prayer for other things, but how many know that you can pray and work, right? You can pray and do. And so, um, one of the things that, you know, one of the most basic ways that we can make a difference is um, come to this coming primary in May is we can go out and vote. That's an obvious way that we can make our voice heard. You know, our government is unique in that it is of the people, for the people, by the people. All right? And we choose people to go and represent us. It's a representative government. And so we choose people, and who you and I choose does make a difference. I know, um, you know, with all the the... the fraud that happened in the last election. You know, there is a concern of, well, will they steal votes and things? And I think there's a less of a concern of that on a, on a local level than maybe there is on a national level. But it starts at home, in our counties, in our cities, and in our villages and on across the state. So saying all of that, I'll just present to you a, a need that we have locally that I'm aware of. So my friend Mike Miller is running for the PA State Senate, all right, and he um, is going to be representing pretty much the district that Ryan Almont currently represents. Uh, Ryan, he is running for the seat that Ryan Almont sits in, and it is my opinion, and it's obviously his and many others, that Ryan needs to find a new occupation, and uh, we want to help him do that. So <laughs> in order to help him do that, we need to help Mike. All right. So how can we help Mike? Well, and, and just so you know, if you live in Lancaster County, that doesn't mean that Mike would be your senator because it's, it's kind of the northern part of the county that he would be representing. But he does, um, he does need funds. And by the way, you can go to his website to MikeMillerForSenate.com, uh, I think is what it is. You can go to his website and you can see a whole list of ways to be a part of what he's doing. So financially, he needs people that are going to volunteer to be door knockers, to take literature out, to, um, he, there's like 14 townships and 11 boroughs where they, where they need people to make phone calls and door knockers. And um, a number of you probably know Eva, Eva Zimmerman, is it Zimmerman? Elva, Elva, I'm sorry, I'm saying Eva, Elva, Elva Hurst, thank you. At least somebody knows her name. Elva has kind of been uh, his right hand in in getting some of this organized. So you can talk to her or come to me or just look it up online and see ways that you can be a part of helping. Um, On April 20th, he is going to be using our building. And so if you would like to meet him, get to know him a little bit better, come out on April 20th and you can um, meet him personally and ask and have questions answered there. All right, let's be salt and light. Let's not just um, say we'll be salt and light in in, in our favorite areas, right? Light affects all the areas. So, now that I've broken pretty much all of the IRS's rules, You know, in this house we don't we don't play that game. Right. right? We speak truth. It doesn't matter Amen. whether people like it or not. That's it's yeah. what we do. So